Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of Northstar Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent, overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. Welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Got uh, my good buddy, Matt Johnson, with me. Matt uh, is my producer. He also runs a podcast called the UX Podcast, which talks about all sorts of business leadership topics. Matt, you're writing a book. What's the book you're writing? Uh, the book is called New Media Machine, which is how folks like all of us who are business coaches, consultants, uh, can win the battle for attention without being glued to our phone. Because who wants to do that? Who wants to be on social media all the time? And I cannot, I cannot wait to the day that I can get rid of my smartphone and go back to <laughs> flip phone. I know. One of my buddies already has. He runs a multi-million dollar agency and he has no phone. I feel like all day long I'm doing this, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, uh, you know, just, it, it drives me nuts. Even I'm starting to recognize it. My wife <laughs> recognized it a while back. So uh, anyway, Hey, look, let's start a, um, let's start a series mm -hmm. um, talking about, you know, like there's, I, I think there's five things. I, I narrowed it down to about five things. When I talk to young executives, rising executives, a players, they're all looking for about five things in a company. Mm -hmm. And I think the first thing they're all looking for is strong leadership, ability to make a difference, emotional intelligence. And I think on the flip side, the, the, the same thing that the people that are working for those leaders in companies are, look, are looking for yeah. is strong leadership, the ability to get things done, take control. And, um, you know, I went back and we had on a podcast, uh, we had a podcast a while back, uh, David Marquet. Mm -hmm. David uh, wrote the book, uh, Turn the Ship Around. And he does this, he, uh, he talks about intent, leader, you know, basically intent by, intent-based leadership. Okay. And I've gone back and I've gone to YouTube and I've listened to his talks who, and, and it's in front of impressive groups of people, Google, yeah. Apple. Yeah. And I like what he talks about. And, and just to give you kind of the rundown on, on David, mm -hmm. David was a Navy captain chosen to command a submarine and he spent a year going through training on this submarine that he was supposed to command learned the nuclear reactor the plumbing the piping the safety systems everything that was unique he spent a year learning about okay then two weeks before he was supposed to take command of that submarine they pulled the wool out from underneath him and the navy said hey you need to go to the uss santa fe and take command of that ship. It is the worst performing submarine in the Navy and you got to go fix it. Okay. Great. Sounds like, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, one submarine to another. He's like, no, <laughs> Santa Fe was a totally new submarine. I didn't know anything about it. Okay. I didn't know anything about its systems. I didn't know anything about its people. I didn't know anything. And he got on board and he realized his ignorance of the submarine sort of made him look stupid, you know? Okay. He would give orders and the people would say, you know, yeah, that would work great, but we don't have that system on board. Uh, okay. And so what he had to do was he had to give up control. 
And he said, look, he, I think he had to come into Jesus with his crew. I says, like, I really don't know about this system. So if you're looking to me for the answers, I, I don't really have them. Mm-hmm. So our intent, my intent is to, you know, we need to be at this place at this time, at this depth. Mm-hmm. How do we get there? You know, and the, the crew all of a sudden said, hey, look, we need to start to take control. But by giving up control from himself, his crew got stronger. Right. Know, they realized they started to come to him not with problems, but with solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, hey, skipper, I'm going to submerge the ship. We're going down to a thousand, you know, a thousand feet or whatever the depth that they want to be at. The hatches are battened, you know, the you know, the propulsion system is in order, the you know, whatever the, the tubes are, you know, the torpedo tube doors are closed, the ship is ready for submerging to okay, go for it. Mm-hmm. And he said basically within about a year, the ship went from the worst performing ship in the Navy to one that was receiving the highest grades the Navy had ever seen. Goodness. And he talks about how giving up control to people, people actually want to do well. They want to take control. They want to do what's right. And they're willing to do it if given that mm-hmm. you know, ability to do so. Yeah. Well, especially a, a talent, A plus talent is absolutely. Um, yeah. I've been, I've been talking a lot about those same sorts of things with, um, with my mentor, who you know. I've been talking a lot about just the, the difference between being the senior leader and having to kind of dictate what all the tactics are and tell people what to do that like individually what what they should be doing versus rising to the the level of a commander where you set the intent as he would call it you set the strategy you set the goal the objective and then you rely on the senior leaders underneath you to tell you okay here's how we believe we can get there we're gonna by the way we're gonna implement it and run with it and that is, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's an extremely difficult transition if you're used to being the master of how things are done and act at a tactical level, you, you believe you know how things should be done. Yeah, that letting go of control over how things are done and what's exactly being done to get you where you want to go is really hard. Right. Well, you think about a CEO of a company. You know, CEO is thinking strategically. Right. Markets, what markets we need to be in, what, what, what products we need to be in, where's the industry going? Um, are we positioned as a company for that? Do we, do we have the right people on board? Do I have the right CFO on board to, to get there? Do I have the right you know, branding people? Do I have the right, you know, CEOs think strategically. Mm-hmm. CEOs who micromanage can't be effective. Right. And I think that's what David was saying. David is saying when he talks about, you know, turn the ship around intent based leadership. You know, my intent as a leader is to, Pick a subject. I'm the GM of a facility. My intent is to get 100 widgets a day produced at 99.9% quality at under a dollar a widget or whatever the, you know, whatever the cost is and deliver to my customers within seven days of order. That is my intent. Mm-hmm. Now, Everybody comes and says, okay, you know, director of operations says, or director of manufacturing says, okay, I've got, you know, two shifts on board to, to build the stuff. I've got shipping set up to, you know, ship within 10 hours of stuff coming. Mm -hmm. And when you leave it to them, you know, oh, you know, when you leave it to them to come up to their own devices, you've let go. You've taken a whole lot of pressure off yourself. You don't have to work 60, 70 hours a week. You can trust people to get it done for you. 
provided you've done a good job of getting the right people. Yeah. Hmm. Love it. So when you say people are like the A plus talent, that that's what they're looking for when they come into a new company, what are some of the indicators that you're hearing back from? So when you place somebody and they come back to you and say, Hey, like, this is not like, this is not the kind of leadership I, I want to be under. What are some of the things that they're looking at, especially in their early days when they first join a new company that kind of tips them off that this is not a place where I'm going to be trusted to, to, uh, you know, to, to serve under that kind of leader? Well, I think it's, you know, is, you know, it's, uh, can a person get there and do the job that they were, you know, look, you know, it's, uh, you, know, you go through the interview process and everybody says, you know, Hey, look, we want X, Y, Z, your, your background. Hey, I've done this for Acmeco. I've done this for whomever. Um, I can come in and do it for you if you let me. But then all of a sudden companies start, oh, no, 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 no. We don't want, you know, yeah, you, we, we told you we wanted to do that, but no, 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 you, you don't want, that's Jill's job. Yeah, that's somebody, you don't, don't do that. That's Jill's job. Mm. All of a sudden, I think what it is, is people get to companies and they realize that the job they signed up for, or they thought they were signing up for is not what, you know, is not the job that really exists because somebody is not willing to let go. You know, okay. You, yeah, not willing to let go. Okay. A COO comes on board a company and he's supposed to handle operations, but if the CEO won't let go or continually undermines him or her, then you know, I, I'll give you a great example. Um, a guy I know real well. He went to a he went to a company as a COO, and the company was founded by a bunch of fighter pilots. Okay. I won't say the company; it's pretty well known. But it was founded by a bunch of fighter pilots. And they operate a bunch of airplanes and they said, we feel like we need a COO to come in and put in process because with process comes lower cost of maintenance, higher levels of safety. Mm -hmm. We know where, so he comes in and he starts to put in process, but none of them wanted to live by the process. Oh, that doesn't, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Right. Yeah. Look, personality wise, that's me. Yeah, of course. I mean, look, I'll fess up. If if the process says you need to be on the right side of the road, mm -hmm. I'm the jerk that's on the left. Just 100%. because I feel like being a jerk that day. Yes. <laughs> um, that's probably why I work by myself. But, <laughs> but, but you know, I call him up. And the guy has been incredibly, so I placed him in 2000 and, hang on, I'm looking, 2012. So he's been with his current company. He's been promoted twice. He's now the COO, sort of almost, you know, really acting president of this company. Mm -hmm. He's done a great job. Mm -hmm. You know, when he was leaving that company, I said, well, why do you want to leave those guys? He said, well, they wanted a COO, but they really didn't want to have, they didn't want to go through the process. Yeah. So my answer to them was, hey, look, if you don't want, if you don't want to do what I'm telling you to do, you don't need me here. So let's just part ways. Right. Fair enough. So that's, I think when people are looking to join a company and, they need to, you know, the first one question they really need to ask is, are you ready for me to do the job that I know that needs to be done to take your company, help you take your company, your business, your operations, your whatever to the next level? Yeah. Yeah. If, if I were, if I were a plus talent coming into an organization to do something specific, that that's one of the first questions I would ask is probably what, what are you willing to sacrifice? you know, for the result that you want, 
especially for the result that you expect me to lead my area of the business to, whatever that is. Let's say I'm the person installing process. <clears throat> what are you willing to give up? You know, if I'm installing process, that means giving up, you know, a measure of freedom and autonomy. It means following something that everybody agreed to. And then you have to you know, give up some individual choice. You know, are you willing to sacrifice that for the outcome you claim that you want? Um, and of course it's not a perfect thing, but you do get a sense by asking questions like that, you, you know, and ju judging the response, <laughs> you know, uh, you can get a sense of just how much pain they're in. Cause if, if that, if they're not in enough pain, um, they may not be willing to sacrifice what they need to sacrifice to get the result that they want. And that's, it's, it's always tough to gauge that going in. It's tough for you as the, as the recruiter, the person who matches the company to the executive. I think it's tough for both sides to evaluate what the other person's willing to do. But I think that, that, that to me is kind of what, what judges that, you know, whether, whether the relationship gets off on the right foot or not, it's just, Hey, you have to decide up front what, what, what are you willing to sacrifice for the result that you want me to get you in the company? Well, yeah. it's, it's interesting. You know, it's a, it's, you know, look, if you need eight levels of signatures to get, to, to get a new FedEx contract signed, there's a problem. Somebody mm -hmm. should be able to sign up. Yeah. I'll give you a tale of two divisions, one company. Okay. You know, um, division a, the salespeople were given so much margin. Okay. 20%. You know, we, you have so much give on every deal. Retail is 10 million. You can go down to eight without signature approval, without any approval at all. Hmm. What you don't give away in margin, you get to get to keep a little bit more of. Mm -hmm. so let's just say it's a deal, $10 million deal. You know, you can give two million of it away, but it, you know, if you if you if you don't give any away, you get an extra four percent on your commission. So it's your best, okay? So you're giving salespeople autonomy to do their own deals. Mm -hmm. Do it. Do what you feel like you need to take. But you know, margin is key. So we'll incentivize you to get more margin. Right. Another division of the same company. Every deal had to be approved by management, no matter how small. Wow. Okay. No, any giveaway at all had to be approved by management. Hmm. And all the sales guys had to submit their deal to one person, you know, and they would calculate, they would all calculate their margins out. They'd sit there and like, all right, let me see, I can give it this way. I, I know pretty much, you know, they would all submit their deal to one person. And then the person would walk it over to the person who had deal authority. But the person who had deal authority really didn't want to look at the deals. He just wanted to listen to this person to figure out if the deals worked or not. Hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? No. What do you mean? Well, I, you got to go so, deep on so that So basically, person. you got a middleman. You got a, yeah. you got a person with signature authority. You got a sales guy, middleman, signature authority. Okay. But the middleman was the one that was really going, oh, this is a good deal. That's a shitty deal. Excuse my language. That's a sucky deal. <laughs> um, whatever. Okay. So basically, what happened was the middleman became the de facto VP of sales. <laughs> okay. Sales started to crater. Okay. Everything's just because the sales guys couldn't get any deals done. Okay. <laughs> Within the same company. Okay. The sales guys got frustrated. They all started to leave. Sales guys and girls, they all started to leave. Right. And uh, so there you go. You know, it's, hey, look, I'm here to sell. I want to sell. I want to do well. I want to make a little money. I want you to make a little bit of money. I want you to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But if you don't really want me to sell anything other than a retail deal, which no buyer is buying at this point in life anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's the, that, that, <laughs> that's gotta be incredibly frustrating for everyone. But uh, yeah. So when somebody comes in, we, they want to see 
they want to see a certain degree of autonomy. They want to be trusted. They don't want to be micromanaged. That that makes sense. Um, I'm curious, just how how do you screen as the recruiter? How do you screen a little bit for that on the front side with your client to make sure that they're not going to micromanage somebody you place into their company? It's hard. Yeah. You know, it's hard. Yeah. It's one of those things where you get a, you get a feel for them. You get a feel for their style. You talk to them enough. Mm-hmm. You know, look, I know that a person who comes out of a small business who's used to running the show is probably not going to do well in a big, a big business where there's a matrix organization. And, right. You know, a lot of layers of approval. Uh, so and, like, yeah. yeah. So I think it's cultural. Yeah. It's cultural. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of, yeah, no, this person, I think you just get a feel for that. Yeah. But hmm. interesting. But right. I do ask, I do ask our CEOs, if you want mm-hmm. to see, oh, are you willing to give them the reins that they need to make the decisions and make what you, mm-hmm. and if they hem, they haw, you go, hey, maybe we need to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's all in the questions. <laughs> that definitely is. All right. Well, we've got a lot more to say on that, but we'll split this up into uh, kind of an ongoing series. So we talked about leadership by intent. Uh, you can go back and listen to that episode. We'll talk a little bit more in another episode about EQ because I've got some questions for you about that. Um, but definitely, um, if you are on either side, ask yourself, you know, what, you know, how, how much is that person going to be given the reins to do what they need to do to take ownership of the result the leader wants, the intent that the leader wants, how much is the leader willing to give up and is the right person in the right role to kind of take charge and take the reins. So that makes sense. And I'll give a shout out to David Marquet here. Cause like I said, I, I read his book. I've listened to a lot of what he says. M-A-R-Q-U-E-T. His book is Turn the Ship Around. Mm-hmm. And I think I've, I just really like, you know, it, it brings a whole new view to what is leadership. And, yeah. I, and I just like it. So there you go. Agreed. All right. Well, and speaking of past episodes, if you head on over to Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review the podcast. And if there was a specific guest like David that you really enjoyed, make sure to give them a shout out uh, in your review. So we love having those reviews and ratings on the podcast. We really appreciate that. And then Craig, what's the best way for people to reach out and connect with you and get your, your blog with all of your musings about the industry and opinions and all that fun stuff? Call me, 910 910- 509-7129 is the office. Mm-hmm. Email Craig at NorthStarESG.com. Websites, NorthStarESG.com. Mm-hmm. All, all the website. That's right. Website. Looking, looking sharp. It's got your blog there and all the fun stuff. It's got the podcast there as well. So thank you, Craig. Appreciate everybody that was listening. And uh, we'll, we'll let's uh, keep an eye out basically for another one in these series. Sounds great. Thanks, Matt.